0: For the last nine weeks we have been walking very slowly through first John so if you have your Bibles go ahead and grab them we're gonna be in first John uh, today and so we're actually spending the entire summer uh, in first John and, and even though it only has five chapters uh, we, we I hope that that you have come to, to realize and to see though though this book is short it's it's actually it's packed with, with deep challenging and, and profound truths. And sometimes, like we, sometimes we read the Bible quickly, and, and that's good, that's fine. But whenever we do that, we, we can oftentimes miss the, the richness and, and, and the depth of God's Word. Uh, so I think it's, 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 it's also important that, that we, we read God's Word so that we can savor God's Word so we can get it deep down into our hearts and it can take root into our, into our everyday ordinary lives. And, and so I think, yep, there's, there's times to read the Bible quickly, uh, but there's also times to read it slowly. Um, and so that's what we've been doing. We've been reading it slowly. And if you've been on vacation back and forth and you've missed maybe a week or two, or maybe you're just you know, here for the first time, like you can jump on YouTube uh, and, and watch the previous weeks, um, or you can open up First John and, and, and read it for yourself. Um, so today we're in 1 John chapter 4, um, and we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 21. So I'm, I'm going to read it, um, and then I uh, will talk about it. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And so we... In this letter that Paul is, or John is writing to his church in Ephesus, we, we've seen and heard him talking about love a good bit. And so chapter 3, we, we saw a lot of talk about love there, and now we're seeing it again in chapter 4. I mean, and, and he's, just, he's just going deeper and deeper, especially in this chapter. And so he used the word love a lot. Was anybody counting how many times he used the word love? 27 times in this section. That's that's how important it is. And and so today, as we're talking about love, we're going to look at three major topics. Number one, the source of love. Two, the definition of love. And three, the result of love. So let's start with the source of love. So let's read again verses 7 and 8. John writes, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And so throughout this series, we've been inviting people to to underline and circle and write words in the margin. And if you've been doing that, that's that's great. Maybe you wanna underline the phrase, love one another, right? And so he starts this section with a command. It's not a suggestion, it's not a question, it's it's a command. And and this whole section is is gonna be focused on loving one another. And that word love is the, the Greek word agape, A-G-A-P-E, A-G-A-P-E. If you want to write that word, we've written it in the margin many times in this series, but it's really that self-sacrificing love demonstrated by Jesus on the cross. And so for the, the rest of this passage that we're looking at today, John is making the case for Why? Why you and I as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, should love one another. See, what we're going to see is that John is going to explain that the love for others is the evidence. It's the evidence that, that someone knows God in the first place. Let me, let me say that again, just, just in case I didn't quite get it. That, that the love for others is the evidence that someone knows God in the first place. Look at seven and eight again. It says, Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. So you, you can underline the word love twice and, and knows, right? And so when, when John is writing this word know, like it, it's, it's, it's not just here, right? It, it's so much deeper than that, right? It, it's about a, a deep, abiding, intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. So there's, there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Now, knowing God, knowing about God, that's important. There's, it's important that we, we know some information about God, but, that, but we have to make sure that we, we're realizing there's a difference between information and relationship. Right? And so, so I think Kelly, she, she wants me to know her. Right? She, first of all, she wants me to know information about her. She wants me to know like, what her favorite chocolate is. Right? what her shoe size is, and probably most important, what her love language is. Right? I need to know that information about her. But you know, I think she truly wants me to, to like know her on a, a deep, personal, intimate relationship basis. God wants the same from us as well. So, so knowing about God, that's, that's, that's focusing on information. But knowing God, that's focusing on a relationship of love with God. And John says, look, the the proof, the proof that that you actually know God is is seen and how you and I, how we live out our everyday ordinary lives. And and because, he says, the the reason why is because love, actually, it comes from God. It's not originated in us. It doesn't start with us. It wasn't our idea. It starts with God. So John is explaining, really, the, the source of love here. The, the ability to love, the, the essence of love, the, the motivation to love, it, it all comes from God. And if we, so if we really know God, then we, we naturally love others because we're in relationship with God. It flows from him to us to others. Right? And, and so like, when we're connected to the source of love, that it's out of that source, out of that relationship, that we love other people. And then, you know, we've been talking about how, how John, I mean, he, he is in our face. He challenges us. He's, this is black and white. I'm not playing games. Life is too short. And go, I mean, he gets in our face and he says, look, it, those who don't agape love others, those who are unwilling to, to live out self-sacrificing love, they don't know God. And to me, when I read stuff like that, I mean that's a challenge. It, it makes me like, okay, where, where are you? Come on, Chris. Where do you like? Are you do you agape love the, the people who are a challenge to love in your life? Or or do you do everything that you can to, to make sure that it, we're we're missing them, like at, at school or at work or you know around your community, our community, right? There there are a power of people who, who push your buttons that drive you crazy that you're like, I don't want to have anything to do with those people. What are you doing? What's the love of God in you saying about the way that you deal with other people, and how you love them, how I love them? So it just begs the question, do we agape love everyone? And so, that, that's, that's the source of love. Now, now let's, let's talk about the definition of love. So, so at the beginning of verse 7, John is he, he's simply explaining where love comes from. right? It's a, it's a vertical relationship between us and our Heavenly Father. But at the end of verse 8, he, he makes a radical statement. Why, why does love come from God? Because God is love. Verse 8, God is love. And so if you want to circle that phrase, God is love. right? So to me, John has just raised the stakes for all of us. Right? God isn't just the, the source of love. John goes further than that. He says that God is love itself. The, the reason that, that love comes from God is because God Himself is the very essence of love. So, so everything that, that God is and everything that God does is love, it's His nature, it's His character. And the way that he loved in the Old Testament, the way that he loved in the New Testament, the way that he loves today, and the way that he loves in the future, it's all the same. Because it's his character, it's his nature. It will never, ever change. C.H. Dodd put it this way. To say God is love implies that all his activity is loving activity. If he creates, he creates in love. If he rules, he rules in love. If he judges, he judges in love. All of that he does is the expression of his nature, which is to love. So maybe you're thinking, okay, so what does that mean to to love like that? That agape love? I mean, that's such a that's an important question for all of us to wrestle to the ground. You see, John's understanding of love here, it goes so much deeper than, than what most of us probably think and, and live out. Because you know when, when the church talks about love, we, we aren't talking about you know having warm feelings towards someone. And and, and that's fine to do that, it really is. But and, and we're not talking about you know chasing after your heart's desire, and, and that could be good or it could be bad. And we aren't even talking about you know kind of seeking the good of, of another person because that is good. But the, the love that, that John is talking about here, that he's writing about here, this agape love that he's trying to get us to understand. Right, it's so much deeper. And so he, he defines this love in verses nine through 11. Let's look at it again. John writes, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So, if you're writing your Bibles, you can circle the word sacrifice in verse 10. And, and, and John's already talked about this in, in, in chapter three. You know, mainly you know first, first John chapter three verse 16. But he really he he goes a whole lot deeper on the subject here. He says, if, if you want to know the kind of love that I'm talking about, just just look. Just look at what God did for us. Look, look at the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Right? Every time that your eyes are, are focused this way, it should remind all of us of the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. Right? So, so the identity of love is God. The definition of love is God sacrificing himself for us. He, he willingly came down from heaven to rescue you and me from our sins. Like he, he wasn't waiting around like, man, I hope they get it together. I hope that the, everybody who, who you know, wants a relationship with me will, will get their life you know, fixed and, and right and all of that kind of stuff. Then then I'll, I'll send my son Jesus down to earth. No, he didn't wait for that. He knew that if that was waiting for us to get it right, then we, he would be waiting forever. He initiated, right? He, he came in the fullness of time to sacrifice himself, submitting himself to death in our place so that we could have life and life to the full. And so the, the Christian definition of, of love is, is the sacrifice of Jesus. That, that is the picture of love for us as disciples of Jesus. So it just begs the question for all of us. So what does that mean for how we love one another? So, so, so let me give you three things. So, so first of all, Christian love is sacrificial. We just start talking about that. So to love another person as a Christian means that you are intentionally sacrificing something important for the sake of another person, which is so countercultural today, right? In today's culture, it's like, hey, take care of yourself. You do you. You make sure that you're comfortable and everything is good and you're happy, right? That, I don't think that Jesus was like, I, I'm hanging on this tree, I'm hanging up on this cross, and, and it's so comfortable up here, I think I'll stay a while. No. Like, it, that he was wounded, he was hurt, he was stabbed in this, I mean, like, there's so much that he went through that he sacrificed for you and for me. And so, John, he's intentionally using this word sacrifice for a reason. It's changing our mindset that will hopefully change the way we live our everyday, ordinary lives. And so, what that might mean for you and for me, it might mean that you sacrifice your reputation by, by loving the person that everyone else can't stand. Or maybe it means that you sacrifice your productivity by spending more time with, with the person th- than you scheduled. Or maybe you, you sacrifice your, your control by, by letting go of, of what the outcome is going to be. Or maybe you, you sacrifice your, your security by taking a risk in genuinely loving someone. And so to love others means that, you know what, we're going to be inconvenienced. We're not always going to get our our to-do list done. And that we're going to pray for people. The people who who gossip about us. The people who have thrown us under the bus. The the people who have hurt us in in ways that no one else other than God will ever know. That we are going to love them because we've been loved by God. So Christian love is, is sacrificial. Second Christian love is, is action-oriented. So, so John said this early in his letter in, in 1 John 3.18. He writes, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And so Christian love isn't just me saying, you know, hey, hey Lance, I love you, man. Right? He doesn't know if that's true. I could be talking trash behind his back every day. Right? I'm not doing that. Right? It's It's action-oriented. Love is is not an emotion in the Bible. It's it's a verb. It's something that we do. It's something that we we live out. God didn't just say he loved the world. He went further than that. It says that he sent his only begotten son to die for the world. It wouldn't be so great if if he was just like, hey guys, I, I love you, good luck. No, he's like, I'm sending Jesus to demonstrate how much I love you. And Jesus didn't just say that he loved sinners. What did he do? He went to their houses. He ate meals with them. He washed their feet. I mean, think about this. The man who had sell Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver that would end him up on the cross dead, Judas. Jesus washed his feet. I mean, Jesus is fully God and fully man. You don't think that whenever he was bowing down before Judas and washing his feet, he didn't know? He's like, oh, this is just another guy, one of my disciples. No, he's like, this guy in just a few moments is going to betray me, but I'm going to love him anyways. How does that impact your life and my life, that kind of sacrificial love? because Christian love is action oriented. And then third, Christian love is proactive. And so God didn't wait around till we deserved his love. No, he took the first step. He initiated it. He he came to us. It says in 1 John that he came down to earth. He took up residence in our lives. He loved us first. And likewise, if if we're living out that, that agape love, like we're going to take the first step towards people. Right? If there's someone in your life that you're kind of like either waiting or avoiding, like hey, you're you're going around their cubicle, or you're making sure you never go by that guy's locker, that girl's locker, or whatever. Right? Now this is like this is saying stop waiting, stop avoiding. Right? Take the first step, and, and show sacrificial, action-oriented love. Maybe for you it means taking a, a meal to a, a neighbor that's maybe a shut-in or, or sick. Uh, may, maybe it's, you know, joining one of our, our serving teams. You know, we're, we're regularly sending people out into our community and, and just making a difference in their life. You know, as we, Kelly and I were driving home from Maine yesterday, we were just, people were messaging us and sending pictures and stuff. Saw, saw videos of, of people who were just, you know, all the flooding that happened. To make a difference, like I think most of the time we think, oh God, thank God it didn't happen to me. That's as far as it goes. What does it mean for us to actually be proactive in serving and loving others? So just a quick recap, recap. so what is Christian love? It's sacrificial, it's action oriented, and it's proactive. And and we all see this in in God's love for us, the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. So we've looked at the source of love, and we've looked at the definition of love, and so let's, let's look at the, the result of love. Look at verses 17 and 18. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we're like Jesus. There, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And so you can work, circle that word confidence and you can underline the phrase, there is no fear in love. And, and so, so John says, this, this love it, it gives us confidence for this day of judgment. What does that day of judgment mean? Just really practical. Okay, there, there's going to be a day that every single one of us is going to stand before God Almighty and we're going to have to give an account for our lives here on earth. That's the day of judgment. And and when that day comes, he is going to declare whether we are worthy to be in his presence with him, with God, for eternity, or not, based on what we did with Jesus. And so I mean, I mean honestly, like knowing this right, is going to happen one day in my life is going to occur in your life one day as well. I, I hear people talk all the time like they're they're afraid, they're filled with fear. Like, what, what if God punishes me for my sins? Well, will God condemn me to hell? But as we talked about last week, where, where is that coming from? Like, is that coming from the Bible? If you're in Jesus, are you condemned to hell? No. Okay, like, where, where does that come from? It, it comes from Satan, right? He's the deceptor. He's the, he's the liar. He, he wants to convince you that, that your security, your, your eternity is not secure in Jesus. That you got to do more and more and more. There, there's, there's no more you can do. There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. You receive it based on the, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And so, so John is saying, look, if, if that agape love has, has fully taken residence in your life, he says, come on. You have no reason to fear, none. And so you have to, like, where is that coming from? And if you hear something that is not true, you're like, no, that's not what the Bible says. You'd be like, that means it's from Satan, and Satan's a liar, and I'm not gonna believe that. I'm gonna live in the joyous celebration of who God declares me to be as his son, as his daughter. I'm gonna spend eternity with him through faith in Jesus. Well, you should be excited about that. You don't ever have to wonder if you're in Jesus, if if God is gonna condemn you because your relationship with him. And so uh, a fear of, of God's punishment, it doesn't, it's not in you. It doesn't need to be in you, right? Our, our worth is based on the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. He paid the price once and for all. And so you don't have to fear punishment from God. You don't have to fear judgment day because God's love in you has driven that fear away. You, and you can have assurance. We just said last week, blessed assurance, right? That you are loved by God. You are part of God's family And nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that that fear is not going to come into your life in this world, right? That's just that's a human, you know, natural human emotion, right? It it doesn't mean that you can live a a life, but it does mean, rather, that that you can live a life of of confidence regardless of what the future holds. Now, you see, the, the, the worst thing that can happen to any of us The very worst thing is is, is that we would be separated from God for for eternity. That's that's the worst thing. But as believers in Jesus, we have have confidence that, that we're not going to be condemned. We're not going to be separated from God for eternity. Actually, we're going to spend eternity with God. Right, and, and so we're, we're actually we're going to be declared righteous on that day. We're going to be declared forgiven, and, and we'll have the confidence that, that matter no matter what the future holds for us. Right, in, in the face of sickness or death or or heartbreak or job loss or or di- divorce or unemployment or whatever health challenges that we have, like we we aren't afraid of condemnation. We aren't afraid of being separated from God because we're in Jesus, because the love of God in Jesus. Gives us that confidence. And I just I love the way the Apostle Paul describes it in Romans chapter 8. And I'm just gonna pick a couple of, of verses out from that are just that pull it all together to just man, it just John and, and, and Paul are just on such the same page here. Look what he says. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption as sonship. For I am convinced, and I love it when Paul writes that, I am convinced, I don't have a a shadow of a doubt, I'm not worried, I'm not afraid, I don't have any fear. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's my prayer for all of us that we'd never doubt, we'd never question, we would sit in full confidence of what God declares for us. First John 4, 19, he says, we love because he first loved us. This, this kind of summarizes this whole section of scripture. And so as, as we wrap up today, I, just, I, I need to leave all of us with a warning you know, don't, don't let what, what John has said about loving others just simply be more information for you. It's so, so much deeper than just information. At the end of the day, this isn't about information, it's about people. It's about you, it's about me, the ones who are online, the people who are in our everyday, ordinary lives. It's about people. Right. And this, this passage, honestly, it should bring people to your mind. People that you know. People who, who drive you crazy. Right. People you, you passionately disagree with. People who have thrown you under the bus. People that malign your name. Who may believe different things from you. That treat you like trash. Those are the people God should bring to your, will bring to your mind. I mean, think about this, I mean, who, who, who is God calling you, calling me, to demonstrate agape love to? You got somebody? You got 25 people? And maybe you're, like, you're, you're sitting there and you're struggling, man Chris, I, I have no idea how I could possibly love this person. They're, they're so evil, they're so wretched, they've torn me up and spit me out and said so many bad things about me. How could I ever possibly love this person? Remember, agape love is sacrificial. It's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make me uncomfortable. It's going to push us out of our comfort zone. And I also want to remind you this, that you, you will only find strength to love others when you've come to know and rely on God's love for you. That's what John says in verse 16. We know and rely on the love God has for us. So let's be that church. Let's be that church that, that fully embraces the scriptures commanding us to, to do, to, to, to love, God love one another because love is from God. Let's be a church in which the love of God is is so passionately and radically known and experienced through our sacrifice and through our actions that people are like, what are they doing? Why why would they do that? Why would they live that way in spite of everything that's going on?